Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, uh, we've got a great guest. Uh, you've seen her in Shadowhunters, Bad Blood, The Expanse, Defiance, Arrow, and so many other things. It's a wonderful Anna Hopkins. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And just a quick check-in. Uh, obviously, I ask all my guests, how has everything been for you over the last year? How have you coped and how have you got through this uh, wonderful year of lockdown and restrictions. Yeah, I mean, what to say, what to say. I think um, in the grand scheme of things, I have been very, very lucky, so I cannot complain at all. Um, I've been in Toronto this whole time. We're still in lockdowns, um, trying to get a handle on some things. I got vaccinated yesterday, which is yes. great. We're a little bit behind over here, but it's starting to ramp up. Um, and yeah, just going on a lot of walks, just trying <laughs> to get out, outside. The winter's done here, thank goodness. That was a long winter. It was very cold, and uh, being in that, you know, locked in was was tough. But but things are okay. Things are okay. Awesome, awesome. Lots of walks with your lovely doggy, your li little <laughs> yeah, Jasper. So Jasper. My my British doggy, sort of. Yes, it's a corgi, isn't it? Is <laughs> it a corgi? <laughs> He's a corgi. Yeah. He's quite big for a corgi. He's huge. Mm. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's two kinds of corgis. There's the Pembrokes and the Cardigans. He's a cardigan, so they're bigger. They have tails. I think the queen like only had like one one kind of this. Um, <laughs> but I heard. Is it true? Someone told me that you could bring you can bring corgis and also um, King Charles Cavaliers inside anywhere in England because they're royal. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. We can try it out. Who knows? <laughs> I've never heard that. I have never heard that. <laughs> and have, have have you found that um, since you've had your jab, everyone always asks, which one did you get? It's like a little fashion statement. It's like, what did you get? Did you get Pfizer, Oxford, AstraZeneca? You know, so. No, it was, that's actually true. Everyone was like, what'd you get? Uh, I got <laughs> Pfizer. Uh, in Canada right now, we're not doing, um, yeah, we only have Moderna or Pfizer right now for anyone under 40. Uh, so yeah, I just went, didn't know what I was going to get, but, um, very happy. I can't really move my arm right now, but other than that, wow. feeling good. <laughs> See, I had the AstraZeneca and, um, now I'm 41. So, well, I'm four, 42 in two, two days time, um, getting oh, old. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I had the Ast AstraZeneca and literally it hit me like a train. Literally yeah, yeah. six after six hours after my temperature went up to 40 and I was in bed for two days and I'm never sick. Never. Um, and I've got my second jab in a couple of weeks. Um, but you know what? It's worth it. Uh, I yeah, get time to spend. Quickly. 
is what I hear. Mm. And I get time to spend in bed as well. So uh, I've got kids, so yeah. I never really get any time to uh, to yeah. lay in bed. So it's a good excuse. Um, yeah. So let's talk about your career, Anna, because you've done so much, so uh, you know, so far. Um, why acting? Why have you decided to follow this path? Oh, I mean, it's always been sort of part of my interest. Performing has always been part of my life. Um, as a kid, I was I started in gymnastics. I loved the floor routines, which was dance. Then I got into dance, became a dancer for many years, um, you know, sort of started to get into theater in high school. And it was at the end of high school where um, actually a teacher of mine her daughter and son were both actors at the time, and her son, Jacob Tierney, is now a director. He directs and writes Letter Kenny, which I don't know if you know that show that mm -hmm. it's on Hulu in the States now. But, anyways, so that teacher of mine said, uh, called her kid's agent and said, uh, You gotta see this girl. She At the time, I was playing the lead in Cabaret, which I think now, like, doing that mm. in grade be yeah. so <laughs> I, I at college did cabaret and I played Clifford Bradshaw. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, so Clifford we Bradshaw. Very well. And and do you know what? I always had difficulty at the end when I had to say, uh, welcome, ve anvenu, welcome, fremde, etranger, stranger, glug, glug, chusve, on chosvis, on chante. I mean, <laughs> and you know what? I had difficulty with the pronunciations. It, it was bizarre, but cabaret, what a fun musical to do. Yeah, really that is. was the first the first time I ever tried, you know, being in a play. I was in grade mm. nine. And wow. um, and it just, I just became, I just remember feeling like I just became alive. Like it was just really incredible. And, and so she invited her kid's agent to come see the show. And I, I got an agent that, that week that, um, who's still my agent today. I've got a couple other ones now that I've moved out of Montreal, but, but, um, she's known me since I was 17. So that's, you know, how it started. And I just continued to study acting and, um, you know, take workshops in New York and in LA and try to just do as much as I could. It's just a, a natural place for me mm. to be. And did you ever have a uh, backup plan in case acting didn't work out for you? Um, you know, I like to say it's more of that I have a lot of interests and I and I'm and I do develop those all the time. And so actually after high school, I went into I did my degree in communication and cultural studies. I did a lot of writing and I never really saw it as a backup plan more like I'm developing aspects of myself but yes like you know if this didn't work out I would probably be doing something in communication it's a similar sort of thing writing maybe journalism something like that but um not like okay I'm gonna be a doctor in case this doesn't work out <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know talk talking about auditions as 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 well can you remember your very first audition or was that your first audition for cabaret well that was my first audition for sure sort of in that you know in that way in fact they had already cast the lead 
role for cabaret. And so I was coming into audition for something else and the and the our drama teacher who I love who totally changed the, my life, Mr. Flowen. Um, he said, "You know what? We're going to split the lead role one night, one night, you get the other lead." And so that was, you know, my first audition. But my first real audition was for and I always think this is really funny because <laughs> I now work with Stephen Strait on Expanse. But my first ever audition was for a movie called Sky High, which um, they were auditioning in Montreal at the time. And I was so nervous. I don't think I did a very good job. I didn't get the role. Uh, but years later... Uh, I worked with Steven and realized he was, you know, he got the lead, one of the lead roles in that movie. And I thought it was always very funny, the sort of the way that you end up, you know, yeah, eventually to where you want to go. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal? Because being, being an actor and going to all these auditions, rejection is the one thing that, that I always think must be heartbreaking. How do you deal with the rejection of going through all that work of doing an, an audition and you don't hear back or... Do you hear back? I mean, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's interesting. I I'm now doing. I'm I'm getting more into writing as well for film and television, and I find rejection in that realm way worse than what I've experienced as an actor because it, when you really learn about how people get cast, it's so. Mm -hmm. It has so little to do, it has a lot to do with you and at the same time so little to do with you. It's how you fit into a puzzle of, of the whole story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking and you have to just, you have to just look at auditioning like, uh, one of the early managers that I worked with said, it's like planting seeds, you know, and you have mm. to, you know, make people remember you and, you know, you might got, not get this role, but something down the line and it totally works like that it's really really true i mean i've had casting directors cast me in something and said you know i just remember this audition you did eight years ago and you've always impressed us and it never worked out but and so if you give up because you didn't get that first role mm. you're kind of missing the point it's a long mm. process of you know basically growing a, a garden essentially mm. so but it wow. still sucks <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and have, have you ever been offered a role and you've turned it down and then later thought damn it i should have taken it uh no i've been i've been very close to like you know between two people and didn't get it and seen the project after and Damn it. But no, I haven't been, uh, no, I haven't yet experienced. And that really scares me. You know, those stories of like, oh my God, I almost did, uh, I was almost Indiana Jones, but I turned it down. Like, <laughs> please let that never happen to me. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, talking about your characters, because your characters that we've seen on screen so, so far are quite diverse. And it just, it's just excellent the uh, the um, substance to your characters because you know you play quite different people from the Expanse to Shadowhunters to Bab Bablut. What's your method in preparing for a character when you get that part? I mean, what's the first thing that you start on? 
Uh, I think for every role, it's really different. There's always these sort of, um, you're kind of playing a detective in a sense. You're trying to figure out this this person and each project offers you something sort of, you know, special in terms of those clues. So, you know, for The Expanse, you've got the, the books, you know, you've got that material. Um, so it's like, okay, well, let me have, let me first have a look at this and then I'll kind of pull back from there. Um, Shadowhunters, similarly, there were books, but also the character of Lilith is, you know, she's found in mythology, you know, throughout history. So there's, mm. that was a really nice place to start. Um, Bad Blood, you know, started a lot with figuring out where she was from specifically and working with a dialect coach with her her accent. Uh, and so there are all these different entry points, I'd say. And then you know, just kind of creatively working from there. Like it's like making a, a painting, you know, figuring out what they're wearing and how they move. And music's always a big part of it for me. Um, I always have a little playlist of kind of getting into what that person feels like. So yeah, it's, it's, it's always a little bit different, but it's, I always see it sort of like putting together a, a collage or a painting or something like that. Mm. So you mentioned Bad Blood. Um, that for me, I think is one of the best shows that I've ever seen. And oh, I was lucky enough to, to have Kim Coates on the show last year, just wow. before lockdown. And wow. um, it's such a stellar performance from yourself and him and the rest of the cast. Uh, season one was based on the actions of the Canadian uh, maf mafia boss, Vito uh, Rizzuto. Were yeah. you aware... When you joined the the show in season two, were you aware of that story, you know, from where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm from Montreal. So, you know, there is a very big presence. I'd say, you know, it's, it's kind of maybe getting a little bit smaller, but there's always been a mm. very big presence of organized crime in the city. Um, and Vito Rizzuto is, you know, quite an iconic uh, character in, in you know the, the very violent uh, history that, that Montreal has uh, so yeah I certainly knew about it um, and it's weird because when you're doing it you're kind of like are these people also watching our show like it's not <laughs> that they're not around still they're they're around <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so you, know, you want to be it's a, it was a strange experience and way. did you watch and did you watch season one before uh joining uh, i mean what did you think, did. think of the show before you joined yeah yourself? yeah i watched season one in fact i had watched it um like earlier just as a viewer i was interested in it as a montrealer um and i just thought it was really great i, th I think uh you know just in terms of like the gangster genre where we often see you know new york um, but Montreal is is so connected to New York, and these all these families are are very related. Mm. So it was nice to see, um, you know, Montreal as itself. Um, mm. But in terms of research, it was you know they told me that the two seasons were really not related necessarily. Mm. So um, we were diving into a completely new world after that. Yeah, of course, because season two, I, if if I'm right in saying, it's five years after. So. Yeah. Um, it's great because they can go in whichever direction they want to go in. And you yeah. play a wonderful character. You play Teresa Langana, which is a no-nonsense character. I mean, what was it like playing her? Because she comes across scary as hell. 
Uh, you wouldn't want to mess and be on the wrong wrong side. What was it like playing a character like like, like that? Because I presume you're not like that in real life. So, uh, <laughs> I'm exactly like that. No, I'm not like that at all. Um, it was amazing. I mean, there's there's something really. I mean, there's just a lot of power in the way that they wrote her, uh, the way that she interacts with you know, mostly men in this world, it's, it's a notoriously male driven enterprise, organized crime. Mm -hmm. So it was an interesting, um, it was just a very interesting world to, to get into and, um, you know, just got to really, uh, you know, I, I think when you're in your real life, especially if you are not a bad person, <laughs> it's especially like, it's just fun just being the bad, mm. the bad guy, you know, and there's, yeah. there's actually a lot of joy in it. It's, it's a weird feeling. Um, but I, I'm sure most actors who play villains, like it's, it's the juiciest stuff. Um, mm. Especially because they're usually driven by something pretty deeply emotional, which is always really nice to play with. And for her, it's it's a lot about her dad, um, you know, not wanting to let him down. And and so yeah, it was a it was a treat. And then I got to you know work across Kim Coates. I was pretty scared to do that. Um, you know, playing someone's daughter is one thing, but if I have to sort of stand up to him and, and kind of shoot him down in scenes, that was mm -hmm. really scary, but he was so great. And we ended up, you know, really, really getting along and, and he mm -hmm. made me feel really comfortable. So that was good. <laughs> he is such an intense person to meet in person as well. And, um, but he's got heart of gold and, uh, but yeah. he plays such a great character in that show and uh, yeah. your character's accent I think is wonderful and it, you. you did an amazing job I mean how difficult is it to not only deliver a stellar performance but also to keep your accent in check uh, I, I, I mean did you have someone on set with you or was it a case of a lot of research and uh, coaching I didn't have uh, anyone on set. Uh, we had we had um, someone one day. So we had uh, a coach who I worked with um, before shooting. And so we would, every time a new script would come out, we would work the text together. Um, and I also, I also found a woman, my brother used to live in Berlin and I was, I was just looking for somebody who could have a similar accent than what I was trying for. Um, and he had a friend, this Italian woman. And so I got in touch with her and I asked her, you know, could I, this might be a weird job, but could I hire you to record my lines for me? And she did. So I, I had, you know, her, I had this dialect coach and then it was just a matter of, you know, just getting it in your head like a song almost. Mm. And once that was done, it was actually really, um, there was a lot of freedom on set. I wasn't that worried about it. I also speak French. I, I, I can speak, you know, a little bit of Italian. So it was all sort of there. It just took a lot of practice um, just so that it was like in my bones before I actually, you know, mm. went there. And are you, are you one of these type of characters that that uh, stay in character when the cameras stop roll, roll, rolling? Uh, are you a bit of a diva on set? 
Um, <laughs> or do you like stop and, you know. Don't talk to me. No, no, <laughs> not at all. It, I, I think it's, it's very fun to go in and out. I think once you get to a place where you can go in and out, that means that it's really in your bones. Now, again, if you do have to stay in character, that doesn't, mean that it isn't in your bones either that's just you know a preference but I did find myself kind of like subtly staying in the accent sometimes just because you know it's already there it's it's in your head so um mm. but uh but no I, I wasn't like a cold-blooded <laughs> killer between takes. <laughs> good that is good to hear and I've got to say the internet and uh, and the World Wide Web, I think it's all awesome, but there's some crazy stuff on there. Um, I, I don't know if you ever Google yourself or look on YouTube, but there's a uh, there's a video of you smoking um, within, you know, bad blood, and it's been viewed over 27,000 times. No. And it's just a, <laughs> it's a segments of you smoking uh, in character, and it's 27,000 times. But thing what? is... You do it in such an artistic way. It's awesome. It's like literally, it's just a great video. You'll have to put your name oh, into YouTube. What is it? So it's just like Teresa smoking in Bad Blood? Yeah, yeah. If you put that in, literally you'll see it. Someone's taken the time to cut all the scenes that, that you were smoking um, and <laughs> turn it into like an art piece. It's great. It's great. I <laughs> Well, I really did think a lot about the way she smoked. So I'm glad that somebody mm. recognized that. That's mm. funny. You did it with attitude and confidence and and um I I I suppose used it from what I saw as you know, dominance. I don't know. It just yeah. you 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 sort of came across like uh, which, whichever scene you you were in, you were like the top dog. You know, you wanted to be the alpha, uh, which okay. was uh, really, really good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. It's really nice to hear that. And we go on to The Expanse, which I think is an awesome show. And again, I've been lucky enough to have Thomas Jane and, and Wes Chatham on the show oh, yeah. as well. And um, it was quite funny because when I was interviewing Wes, he was uh, filming season six. And I got told I wasn't allowed to talk about it, um, mention it, or even, well, talk about it. And that was our half half of my questions gone. Um, and oh, then the no. day after, the day after, they announced that they were filming it. Um, but uh, oh, but what an awesome, awesome show! I mean, yeah. you know, it's going to be the final season, season six. Uh, yeah. The fans really are behind it, um, and it's so well written and so well made. Everything's thought about, you know, in space from gravity to to the little bits, which I think's awesome. I mean, what was it like for you because you joined in season three to join such yeah. an established cast that were well loved by all the fans? I mean, was that quite daunting for you? It was, I had a little bit of experience with that actually very around that time. I had also mm. just started on Shadowhunters and Shadowhunters has such a strong fan base online. Um, so I, I sort of just did that probably about, you know, two months before I came onto The Expanse. Um, so I had, you know, I was able to get my nerves a little bit in check and um 
and yeah, the cast was was immediately very warm. The uh, the director who cast me at the time was, you know, he he was also um, he spoke to me a lot about having been a documentarian. So he was really mm-hmm. interested in the character. And Stephen was was my first scene with the, of the whole show, and and uh, it was the scene where I'm kind of like you know, hammering him to, to give me the story. And, you know, Ty Frank was on set at the time and everyone said they were just really happy with that first day. And after that, I felt okay. <laughs> but <laughs> it, was, it was scary. It's always a little bit scary. Mm. I mean, it definitely looks, uh, following the social media, that the cast have so much fun. I mean, what was your favourite scene to film? Um, I think... What, one of them was that first scene I thought was really fun to to have that dynamic with Steven. And then I really loved working on the sh- uh, shipping container sequence in mm. season five, um, just because it was so complicated to do. And I really got to have a, a better understanding of, of like how to shoot something like this. Um, and and getting that right was really really satisfying and we had such little time to do it that i was really pleased that breck was happy and and everyone was happy and so yeah and i was really pleased at how it turned out too it looked pretty awesome so i'd say that and with season six wrapping uh very very soon uh will we be seeing any more of monica oh i can't tell you anything about that Oh, she's not dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. That I can definitely tell you that. <coughs> and yeah. you know, she's usually up to something, but I can't really say anything about it. Thing <laughs> is, everything that happened in season five, all I'm saying from a fan's point of view, it'd be crazy for you to not be in the final season. So I'm really looking for, forward to it because because your char- character arc has 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 been wonderful from season three to season five. Yeah, you know, you start yeah. you started off not really liking the person. She was quite gun ho and and she didn't care. Yeah. She just wanted that store story to now actually helping and trying yeah. to get to the bottom of things, which I think is awesome. Yeah, really, they really did good. a really good job with with developing her and and. Um, you know, giving her that that nice arc that actually journalists a, a lot of the times experience. You know, you go in doing that local special interest story, or you're working for TMZ or whatever it is, and but you want to do the bigger stuff. And and so yeah, it was a really nice nice thing to see in, in season five. And then we move on to um, how glamorous your job is. Because, um, you know, we see these red carpets, we see these premieres. I mean, how glamorous is your job? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's there's no glamour. There's no glamour in the actual job. <laughs> it's, there are two completely different universes. What you do to get the, the work together and the film together or TV and then what it looks like after. Um, oh, no, you're usually freezing your butt off or sweating your butt off or, you know, waking up at three in the morning, uh, working 15 to 18 hour days, uh, you know, trying to eat a bagel between hanging off of a, 
you know, scaffolding and getting your coffee <laughs> and <laughs> memorizing all night. And there's just, there's, it, it's incredibly fun, but I wouldn't say glamorous. No. <laughs> so, so this is why when you see celebrities on red carpets, they look very happy because they're not hanging from, from scaffolding. Yeah. Eating. They're just yeah. like now. I get to reap all the benefits of <laughs> usually free food and booze at these events, and it's great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So we go on to like your fans because your fan base is enormous. Uh, your in- Instagram uh, touching on two hundred thousand followers. Um, what's the best thing about having a social media presence, and what's the worst thing? Um, I think the best thing is. I mean, the thing that's kind of touched me is a lot of the Shadowhunters fans are, they're younger women. Um, Mm. And so it's, you know, it's always nice to connect to younger demographics and um, just, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of such a cliche to talk about, but there it's, there's a lot of pressure out there for young people in general. And I like to try and stay as real as possible on Instagram and, and, um, you know, for every red carpet photo, have like 50 other not that and, you know, connect with young people in, in a real way. So that's that's always been really nice. Um, and the bad stuff. Well, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I try very hard to not spend too much time. I think it's just such a time suck and as a creative mm. person um to try and do anything requires big chunks of time to let your imagination sort of you know ha- do its thing and when you're constantly using your brain to kind of absorb it's it's really destructive so it's just the time suck um mm. the comparing yourself to others that's baked into it uh, it's it's tricky. So you know, keeping it a little far away from from me is is an important important thing for sure. And just to confirm, it's you that actually runs your social media. You're not doing an yeah. Ed Sheeran and getting a team of people. <laughs> no, it's totally <laughs> me. I mean, it's I've always considered like, oh man, it would be such a it would take off a lot of responsibility and time if you could just hire somebody. But then it just wouldn't, at least for me, because of the young people that I do kind of engage with, I know that they appreciate that it's just me. So I keep it like that. I keep it like that for now. But, but I, I respect people who hire other people because it is, it's another (laughs) job in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've interviewed quite a few guests that aren't on social media. Yeah. So that must be such yeah. a quiet life because they, they, they look at it as, you know, their job and when they finish, they go home, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. obviously the fans can appreciate the work, um, yeah. which I, I can understand as well, which, you know, you've, oh, yeah. you've, you, you, you've got a right. I mean, do you ever feel like you want to just shut off and, and just just get away from social me- media and put your feet up, have Jasper on your lap and just <laughs> shut out the world with a nice uh, glass of vino, you know? Uh, oh, do, yeah. do you ever do that? that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I have, I've thought about that a lot. Um, and I think I've, I've found a happy medium where 
I, I just, I don't go on it too often. And I, and I find those times where it's important to share so I can engage, but, um, but yeah, shutting it off, like even just the phone in general, emails, mm. texts, that in itself is just a lot and, you know, also takes up a lot of time. So I find myself like in the evening, just sh- turning the whole thing off. I'll check it tomorrow. Definitely having a glass of wine. A good glass of wine solves everything. And apparently it helps with the AstraZeneca jab. Uh, That's in all the news, having a glass of wine afterwards. So uh, my wife thought I... Yeah, my wife thought I was lying because she thought I was trying to get a bottle of wine. Um, so so uh, when I interview my guests, I do my research and I look on IMDb, as you know, the majority of pe- people do. And I always look under the trivia part. And I always see that, you know, many, many actors out there, they haven't got many stuff under their trivia part. So I want to be able to add some. So, so okay. we do a segment in the show where I ask random questions and uh, let's see if anyone wants to add anything to your imdb (laughs) account but before i do i wanted to ask something that's on there channing tatum jamie fox yes and your telephone number i mean (laughs) what on earth is that about (laughs) that was really funny i one of the first jobs that i got right out when i came to toronto so it was about 10 years ago was I was hired to be an off-camera reader for a movie called White House Down, starring Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. It's a big sort of, um, you know, heist, kidnapping, ransom White House movie. So a lot of the scenes, these actors were on walkie-talkies or they're on cell phones. Mm. So they needed an actor behind the scenes reading with them. So... I was do I did that for the whole film. It was actually amazing. I got to see, you know, how things really went down and, you know, watching great actors work and stuff. Um, but yeah, at one point there was this scene where they needed to create like a code, I believe, or like it was a code for a door. And Roland Emmerich is the director and he was just like to me, it was like, just make makeup, give them a number to get to do. So I, I gave them, the first thing that came to mind was like the first five numbers of my, my phone number. And then a couple of days later, it happened again. And Roland was like, can you give them the rest or any number? And I just chose the rest of my number. So now in the film, now this isn't my phone number anymore because I moved. I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> now in the film, it, if you put those two codes together, it was my phone number at the time. And I always thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> How cool is that, though? You got your telephone number in a movie. With That's what, I was just like. Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx are basically saying my phone number in this movie. This is great. <laughs> that is awesome. So let's go on the random questions then. Let's see um, what answers we get. So I, 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 well, I guess the next next one. Your favorite drink, Anna? Wine. Brilliant. Red or white? Uh, I would say a light red is really my thing. Excellent, excellent. And if you had one wish, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, that all of my loved ones are happy and healthy for the rest <laughs> of their lives. 
including myself. <laughs> excellent, excellent, good answer. Right, what makes you angry? Uh, seeing, like, seeing people be cruel to each other or, like, seeing cruelty makes me really angry. Like, I saw this guy yesterday screaming. He, I guess, like, he, he, someone cut him off and was just screaming at this, like, elderly man. And I was mm. angry all day. So, yeah, that. Yeah, that's not nice. Uh, and what yeah. makes you happy? Um... Wine. Good wine, <laughs> being with my dog, being with my boyfriend, watching uh, like something like Top Chef, eating food in bed, uh, like having a platter, a feast, you know, just major relax, happy times is what makes me really happy. <laughs> if you want a good show to watch, me and my wife has just discovered a show called Below Deck. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've heard of this. Someone else it's told awesome. me I would never like it. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. It, it, <laughs> it is so addictive and it's so easy watching as well. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the last the last random question, um, what's your party trick? Oh, my party trick. Um, maybe like this thing. Oh. Ready? <laughs> Ready? <laughs> yes. See, you know, you know what I, I do that. I do that to my girls, and they they're sort of fascinated because I've got a seven year old and a three year old, and then oh, at yeah, work, like what my dad used to do to me, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. But I found that if I do it at work to any like kids that are around, not like random kids, I don't go around to yeah. random kids. And just do it. <laughs> but um, it it either goes two ways: either they laugh and think it's funny, or they run away crying right. because they think I've really taken my thumb off. Yeah. <laughs> and before we wrap up this wonderful in interview, Anna, I just wanted to ask: um, Have you kept anything from any of your shows? Because to be honest, you've done a lot. I mean, have you sneaked anything? Past security, any costume pieces, any props? I'm trying to think here. Um, I bought a lot of Teresa's wardrobe. Um, Bought? Yeah, oftentimes they do like big... It, if, if you want to get a lot, they'll do like a big sale for the cast and crew. Um, so you'll get like 50 to 80% off. And her clothes were really expensive stuff so I, wow. I i bought like so much of her stuff um do i have anything else i don't think so i mean i have my my uh teen choice uh surfboard in my closet i saw that on your uh in, in, instagram <laughs> it's a what well, you got it in your closet you, well, you should like, have it on your mantelpiece. Area, yeah, I know. I need to figure out where to put it, or actually use it as a surfboard. <laughs> that is sort of <laughs> gloating as well. If you went to the beach and you've got this <laughs> teen, teen, teen Awards 2018, go and look at this, guys. Uh, that that is that is awesome. Um, so people can follow you on Instagram, uh, Anna Banana <laughs> underscore Hops. Uh, I presume that's the same for your Twitter as well. Um, yeah, what is no next? What is what is next for you? What is um, what? What are you doing at the moment, or can you not say? Um, I have a bunch of stuff that is in the can, as one says. What can I share? Um, 
<laughs> I can't share any of it, actually. I'm not supposed to say anything. But I do have some, some really fun stuff coming out. So um, I'll be sure to share that on social media when it, when it comes that out. Is, and- that is awesome. And, and the most frustrating thing is that quite, quite a few of your shows we don't get in the UK. So all, um, so all my viewers and listeners in the States, uh, you've got For the Record that apparently is doing yeah. very, very well. Is that is that a bo- you know, uh, broad, broadcasted across the States and Canada, or is it just Canada? I believe right now it's just Canada on CBC Gem, but uh, we did premiere at South by Southwest, and I know that they've gotten a distribution deal. So it's it will be in the States and hopefully in the UK as well at some point but not right now. Okay. That's awesome. And I look forward to, forward to watching it because I've been read, reading the reviews and watching the inter- interviews and it looks a, an awesome show. Anna, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much. Look after yourself. Keep safe. And thank you for coming on to the show. You as well. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world and me hope.